0: Uh, Oh, Benny from down the hall from round the way. Brother from another Vincent Goodwill. Good to see you. Fresh off a vacation. Still. He won't tell us where he went, but somewhere he needed to go. Uh, Fresh off his big sister's birthday. Shout out Benny Goodwill. What's up, man? Good to see you.
1: First time my sister's name. or First time my sister has ever been referenced on national TV. So she'll, you know, she will appreciate the shout out for the round number. Her birthday just passed, uh, on Sunday. But as you can see from that vacation, when I wore those Michigan shorts that got under your skin so much, that's why I decided to wear this Fab Five hoodie to do it even more. Go
0: ahead. I love the Fab Five. I love the Fat Five. Uh, Let me tell you why. Can I tell you why I love the Fat Five? Because it had nothing nothing to do with, like, I I love Michigan. Like, if my kids are fortunate enough, because Michigan's an excellent school, if my kids are fortunate enough to be accepted to the University of Michigan and they don't play football there, great. Michigan football is a different category. Michigan basketball, great. Michigan journalism, business school, law school, I'm all for it. Love Ann Arbor, love Detroit, down the road. Michigan football got no talents for it. No talents. different category.
1: We'll 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 have this conversation in another uh, six weeks or so. I feel like we'll be having a much different oh, conversation.
0: And oh, uh, it will be different
1: in, in Columbus in Columbus. Oh, right after, oh, yeah, right after the Thanksgiving. Yeah.
0: yeah, because because Michigan uh, as Michigan football typically does, you know, win a game once a generation which is what it's been. How I many oh. wins in the last, what, 15, 16 years? Something like that. I, you know, I just know there's a bunch of Ohio, if you're keeping track, there's a bunch of W's for Ohio State and an occasional L to Michigan when we lose focus. But uh, I can't wait until November when we welcome the University of Michigan football team to the horseshoe, and we know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen, too. You just don't want to admit it to yourself. But I love you anyway. Uh, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Vinny, Um, Basketball wise, it
1: ain't happening. Because you bad. have
0: you have talked to you have talked to plenty of NBA general managers in your career, and I'm wondering if you think, and I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but I wonder if you think, as a collective, that they tend to overthink things. That from the people you've talked to today, oh, do they overthink it? Are they a little too? Uh, you know, maybe it's it's obvious in front of them. They don't always see the obvious. Is that? I'm wondering if that's your, if that's been your experience.
1: Yeah, they always okay. overthink things. They always. We all look. We're journalists. We overthink things in our analysis and our evaluations when sometimes things are very very simple in front of us and we're like, man, it can't be this easy. This guy can't be this good. Or this guy can't be this bad. It's been on both sides. <laughs> they overthink it. <laughs> right. Think about it. I right. live in a city, I live in a city yep. where a team thought themselves into Darko Milicic. I don't know if that was <laughs> underthinking or, or overthinking, but they thought themselves into Darko. So, if you are are you going where to, to the land of Victor?
0: Is that where you're going? Well, pretty soon, because we're going to get there soon, because that's the future. I'm talking about the present I don't know if you saw this NBA general managers poll where they just give their opinions on who the MVP is going to be. They thought general managers thought Luca. That's nice. That's cute. Uh, They were asked about the likely NBA champion. They thought Milwaukee Bucks followed closely by the Clippers and Warriors. And and Vinny, look, I know in football doesn't always work this way and baseball doesn't work this way and neither does hockey where you look at the previous champion and say, well, they're probably going to win it again. There's much more. There's much more range in championship space and other sports, mm. but in the NBA the championships tend to come in either consecutive clusters or we say four and six, four and seven you know, three and seven They, you know, the championship group, if that group has not been disbanded, they're gonna win a championship. The fact that the Warriors 25% what y'all talking about? I saw the Warriors last year. I didn't believe going into the series after the series and I saw what Steph Curry did. I saw Clay Thompson kind of improve in the NBA finals and kind of get his legs back. Mm-hmm. Vinny, why are we overthinking it? NBA champion, most likely NBA champion, not guaranteed. Most likely is Golden State Most likely MVP of the league, Steph Curry. What say you? I
1: don't know if I'm ready to ride there. Because if Chris Middleton is not hurt, are we having a completely different conversation about what just transpired last June? If you're going to use Mm -hmm. that same logic about championships coming in clusters, will we be talking about the Milwaukee Bucks being two-time defending Champions, because nothing from Giannis's performance in the regular season or even in the playoffs, where he admirably carried the Bucks against that juggernaut Boston team, suggested to me that he's falling from his perch. Suggests to me that he he's still not going to be in the conversation. We had this conversation last week with Natalie, and she might descend upon us from the heavens. You know when I say this, but who's to say that Giannis doesn't have a great case to be the baddest man walking? And I'm not sure that Stephen Curry will go all out to win an MVP in a regular season. When you come from playing in June, you've got to be very, very careful about how you manage your body, about how you manage your minutes. We know Golden State has always been at the forefront of technology and health and everything else. So I don't know if I'll necessarily buy Steph winning regular season MVP. I can see Steph taking over back over in the finals and doing a similar repeat performance in the finals. But... Mm, that's, a, that's a tough one. I, I'm still believing in Giannis. I don't believe in Mike Budenholzer. Let me be perfectly honest. I don't believe in Bud. Still don't. But even, after,
0: even after he answered that question that, hey, because I was with you, I was following him. I was following the Budenholzer bouncing ball. I'm like, okay, what I saw in Atlanta is happening now in Milwaukee. They win great in the regular season. Number one seed in the regular season. They crater in the playoffs. But then he answered that question. Well, with Giannis' his help he answered the question, can he be a championship coach? So that's no longer on the table, is it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just did like a postscript, like, yeah, with Giannis' help. But no, Giannis did that. Giannis put up a 50-ball in game six of the finals. Ooh. Giannis made Ooh, all those free throws. Giannis made one of the most incredible blocks we'll ever see in an NBA Finals mm-hmm. game. Maybe the, the the seminal defensive play we have ever seen, with apologies to LeBron James's block on Andre Iguodala. So, that does nothing for me as far as Boonhoser, And, yeah, if you're the L.A. Clippers, and I believe Ty Lue is the best coach in basketball, and I don't even, I'm not sure wow. if it's necessarily close, the best coach in basketball, really? I believe. is Ty The best yes. coach in the
0: league. You think he's the best coach yep. in the league? Wow, that's a big statement.
1: What, what's the what's the old bum Phillips statement? He can take his and beat yours and take yours and beat his? I think that's Ty Lue. I, well, I hey, hey first, all, first of all,
0: first of all, Vinny before you continue. Congratulations. Somebody in that seat. recalled a quote and got it right without having to look it up, you know, 17 times and derailing the whole program. So thank you. That is exactly the quote and it was bum Phillips. You got that was a beautiful recitation of that quote. But I, are you, but are, you means, are you ta-
1: are you taking a shot at our Amazon? Friends? Yes, are you taking the shot? Y-
0: yes, I at am. Michael Smith. Yes, I am. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Come on. It, it, with the Giannis quote, we couldn't get the Giannis quote right. He tried. He kept trying that's and trying. Right. That's, Mike, right. that's right. Mike, stop. That's right. Mike. Okay. Let it go. We'll get to it. We'll get to it after the break. Um, but you you say he's the best in the league. Now that's saying something because he's in the same division with Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. Um. You've got. I got. You got Eric Spolstra
2: love, in Miami. Is in that conversation.
0: People haven't talked about Greg Popovich as much because the talent has kind of gone away. Now they're going to be in the tanking. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that in a second. They will be in a, mm-hmm. in a, a different kind of who's number one conversation uh, when we get to the spring. And, okay, don't laugh at this. Don't laugh at this. You know who Ty Lue's mentor is? You know who got him into coaching in the first place?
1: No, we're not doing it. It's it's it's, it's too many. It's too many the on that for us to be talking about Glenn Doc Rivers, and that's okay. In that okay. Space. All right. I like Doc. All right. I like right. Doc. I will say this I think there's coaches and I think there's teachers. I don't know if we have enough teachers in the NBA, especially because of the league getting so young. You might need a, more teaching than coaching. But as far as coaching from a day to day standpoint, from a being able to make adjustments on the fly, I do think it's Tyloo and then Steve Kerr and Eric poster. they're right there. It's it's top three, just like we were talking about last week with Steph and Giannis yeah. and KD. They're in that that top tier, and then everybody else kind of goes b- below that. There was another guy who 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 showed himself to be in that top tier, but we can't talk about him right now. Yeah, what it's happened here? Like what happened? To him? That's a, it's like it's like a guy whose music we can't listen to no more. You know what yeah. I mean? Like because he's in jail because he's done some. He, <laughs> you know, he's done some stupid right. shit. Like, you know what on. I mean? Come There's on. Certain, exactly. coaches, certain right. coaches we can't right. name.
0: We, we can't right. name them anymore. We can't talk about them. First year. First year as a head coach. You waiting for your opportunity. You were a journeyman. You were assistant looking at the head man saying, oh, come on. I mean, wait, wait till I get my shot. I'm going to show him. And you start to show him. But no, okay, we can't talk about this on the air. We can't, no, we can't. We can't What
1: I will say is this. Yeah. What I will say is yeah. this. Having a particular status is almost like what people yeah. say about, you know, people who come into money. It just makes you a bigger yeah. version of something you already are.
0: Yeah, yeah. Next topic. Yeah. Next
1: topic. Next topic. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll leave that alone. We'll leave that alone. So Ty Lu may be that guy. And okay, I I like that. I like the premise. It is a big statement. and It's a a great conversation, but what he can't do, he can coach. I don't think he has his MD. I don't think it's like Ty Lou MD did not say that (laughs) on on the door. So these guys, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, we're putting a lot. We're putting a lot on the health of those two together. Mm. If you just said one of those guys has to be healthy I'd say, okay, I take those chances. But throughout the season and postseason, we need both of these guys to be healthy. And then we're going to say if that happens, the Clippers are are as good as any team in the league. Yeah, I agree with that. But Vinny, how, how much confidence do you have that these guys can get it together? Everything will align and the Clippers will be where they're supposed to be on the court and medically when it comes to May and June.
1: I don't know. And that's the one thing that nobody's willing to say. Like, we're supposed to be experts in all this and have definitive answers. But I don't know what Kawhi Leonard is going to look like all those months removed from a debilitating lower leg injury when he was having lower leg issues with his quads and his hamstrings up until that particular point. When he's available and when he's right, you go look at that 2021 playoff before he got hurt. He was putting up 30 points. 30 points a game on nearly like 61% true shooting, right? That was our last image of him, which wasn't even the best version of Kawhi Leonard. And here's the one thing I don't worry about. I don't worry about his commitment to getting himself right. I worry about if his body can actually hold up through the rigors, but if you've got a deeper team and you can sort of manage and navigate and get, you know, 65 games, can we get If we get 65 games, out of Kawhi Leonard, in 65 games with him and improving health, going into the playoffs, do you think anybody wants to see him? Do you think anybody wants to see the Clippers? Like one of these years, it's gonna happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> one of these years, yeah. they're going to figure it out, or you know, maybe, well, maybe they won't. But we're talking about a generational player here, and when we see these top 10 lists and you don't see his name there, y- y'all must have forgot. The last time yeah, we saw well, him, we did with the injuries. He was special. He was enormously special.
0: And if you think about the pivot we're about to make here, look at it, like the the Clippers have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George because to get Kawhi, Kawhi was like, all right, get Paul George. Mm -hmm. They go and they give a bundle of draft picks to OKC and OKC is just waiting with all these picks, waiting for the big moment. Well, maybe Vinny, they were waiting for this moment. Because when it comes to the draft, when it comes to the draft lottery, I know everybody, Sam Presti, going to be sitting around biting fingernails. Uh, Danny Ainge is going to be biting his fingernails. Greg Popovich, R.C. Buford, like, they're going to do some ridiculous stuff just to get more losses, to get themselves in position for that dude. He's 7'5". Victor, is it Win Win
1: Wimbayama. We, we, are going, we are going we're gonna be able to Yama. we are gonna be able to pronounce his name as easily as we pronounce Giannis's name. It will be yeah. that commonplace. This kid, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I couldn't wait.
0: No, no, this go ahead.
1: Kid, no, that's hey, it's an alley you take it. <laughs> this guy I can't figure out if he looks like a combination of Kevin Durant and Rudy Gobert, or of Carl Towns and Rudy Gobert, two guys who Minnesota is putting together to play together. Maybe this is yep. all in one package he can play the pick and roll from both ends he can be the screener or the ball handler and pull up from 20 plus feet and defend the rim and defend in space this kid will actually be illegal once he gets to the league and the crazy part about all the tanking and everything else 14 percent. that is the greatest chance that you can get is 14% so you can lose as many games as you as you want to it can wind up being a team that barely misses out on the play in tournament that gets Victor Wimbanyama.
0: All right, and, and you just said it. You you mentioned, you know, mentioned Kevin Durant, uh, Carl Anthony Towns Rudy Gobert. I really can't see it. I can't see it because when I heard about him, when I first heard about him before I even saw him. And somebody was telling me like this big basketball fan uh, was telling me "Hey man, it's this kid from France. You got to check him out. He's 7'5". Now, this was the description. The description was, he's 7'5", and he shoots threes. I was like, okay. So, he's like <laughs> a modern-day Ralph Sampson. Okay. <laughs> like, so what? You know? 7'5", shooting threes. And then I saw him. No, he's not, he, he's not just, you know, and Ralph Sampson was fine. He, he never became what we thought he was going to be, but Ralph Sampson, right, right. Kevin Durant, all these, it's just something different. And, and Vinny, it wasn't like you know some big guys take threes, you can't leave them. Like say it's like a, a Brooke Lopez or a Al Horford. If they get to the spot and you don't get there, it's kinda like a set shot <laughs> and they're all lined up and they'll take it and they'll make it. Did you see he was doing like he was sidestepping? He was doing a side step three, a dribble and, and, and stepping aside and taking a three. He was taking a yeah, sophisticated
1: it from. sophisticated package, man.
0: And and taking them from the corner, not just taking them from the corner, but taking them from all over the court. Uh, nice handle for somebody that size. Just really mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, I think I think we'll be that is we'll be getting back to that number one spot where it's not it won't be that conversation of, oh, you know, anybody could go number one. You know, it depends on what you're looking for. No. This is the number one guy. I think though, you mentioned it, you mentioned that it's still fourteen percent. I still think the mm-hmm. league should come in and make it equal. Because the tanking is going to be real this year. The tanking is going to be intense. So d- take everybody down to the same level. Everybody's got like a 4% chance of getting them. Because I don't want to see what OKC is going to do this year. Utah is going to be a mess. Um, yes. San Antonio is yes. going to be messy. They might yes. ask you to play. You're going to be doing a story on OKC. And and Presti's going to be like, yo, man, you want to get like 18 minutes in tonight? I mean, it's going to be really bad. Pick a a point guard. Pick a point
1: guard night. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be, you can play point guard for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Just register, and we might pick up your ticket. Like, that's what it's going to feel like. Because put it like this. Here's the other problem of it. You just said Utah, San Antonio, Oklahoma City. You know what neither one of those markets are? Big,
0: what? (laughs) you
1: know what what I mean? It's not like we're talking about New York here. It's not like we're talking about, you know, a top 10 market. And I know people don't want to hear that and everything else, but a French kid with that level of skill and everything else. And don't forget about Scoot Henderson too, because he looks real. He looks every bit like a bigger sort of muscular ish. Derrick Rose type, you know what I mean? That's the archetype that he, that, that he, that he strikes me as the way he could get down there. Like, we're not going to give him short thrift. But as far as Victor here, if you're the NBA, him going to Salt Lake City or Oklahoma City or San Antonio yeah. is your worst nightmare. You're like, wait a minute. How can, how can we change this so that he doesn't get buried in the avalanche of being in one of these lower markets? But you're right. Oklahoma City and all those other teams, and there's going to be a couple of surprise teams, too, that don't get off to good starts. And they're just going to say, you know what? How about we just plan for 10 years down the line and maybe we can get this kid. I would not be shocked hey. if one of those teams that think they're going to be good and turns out not to be good who's the pulls the plug early. And I can't
2: Ooh, believe
0: it. That's a good point. I hate it. That's I a good hate point. It, but I understand it. I'm not saying I do it, but I understand, right? I'm hey, not, hey, saying, maybe I goes back I'm not <laughs> saying I wouldn't do it. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. And we might have, and, and as we uh, as we get ready for uh, Mike Jones, who Mike Jones? I'll say this as we had to break. It, it, we may go back to the days of that urban legend of David Stern going old school, old school Ooh. lottery system. Puts his hand into the vault. He feels the chilled envelope. He knows the, the chilled envelope, envelope belongs to the Knicks. Yeah. And we need Patrick Ewing in New York. So, oh, wow, look at this. The number one pick goes to the New York Knicks.
1: So I didn't say Victor Wimbenyama should go to the New York Knicks. And James Dolan, they don't deserve nice things.
0: Where should he be? What big market should he be in? That's Anywhere any besides those three markets.
1: If we're talking like the only other bad market yeah, that, that we haven't mentioned is like right. the Sacramento Kings. And they may wind up being in this discussion too.
0: Oh, they'll be in it, of course. I forgot about that. How how do you? They're always in this discussion. Of course, Sacramento. That's where he'll wind up going. Sacramento. The Kings again. But you know what? Whoever gets him actually is going to turn out to be good. Despite what they try to do, they'll be a good team. Alright, welcome back to the show. After, after the first game of the NFL regular season, we were ready to anoint the Buffalo Bills as the class of the league. They still may be, but they've shown some flaws or shown some fallibility since then. But if you look at it, it's not just Buffalo all by itself. You got the Chiefs, you got the Dolphins, and you got a reporter, an ace reporter who Can help us understand how to order this thing. It's our guy Mike Jones of The Athletic. And I just want to point out, just want to put it out, just in case you were with us the last time we had Mike Jones on. And I think Jim Trotter was here. Jim Trotter was like, Hey, man, I ain't trying to put your business out in the street. Huh. I was like, Oh, oh. And this is on the air. Benny, it's on the air. Jim Trotter said, Hey, hey, Mike, I, you know. I ain't trying to put your business out there. I'm like, damn, what did Mike Jones (laughs) do? I (laughs) was too. (laughs) But what it was, (laughs) but what it was, the story was, Trotter didn't want to announce. He didn't. He wasn't sure it was announced publicly that Mike was going from USA Today to the Athletic. I like the mystery better than the actual story. But I'm glad you're with the Athletic, and uh, and meet Vinny Goodwill on air for the first time. Good to see brothers in harmony. Vinny, Mike, Mike, Vinny. Good to see you both and and Mike. Tell us, uh, you know, answer your own question. We talk about the bills, the Chiefs and the Dolphins. You look at it right now after four games. Who do you like? Who's the superior team in the AFC?
4: You know, I I have to give it to the Chiefs uh, for right now. I'm really interested in that October uh, 16th game between the Chiefs and the Bills. Um, But, you know, until somebody, you know, can really knock them off, you have to give it to them. The way that they look right now, their defense is playing really well. Their offensive line is playing much better. The way they pushed around the Bucs, you know, one Sunday was impressive, 180-something rushing yards. Um, And then we know that Tyreek Hill is gone. We are seeing the evolution of that offense. More guys that is being, the ball is being spread around to. Patrick Mahomes still doing his wizardly ways. But I'm not counting out the Bills because they have a nasty defense. Um, they have a really potent offense. I just We have to see them get their run game going before I'll say that they are one of the uh, most complete. They are up there. But until we see them get a consistent running game, Josh Allen can't be your leading rusher. Uh, so they have a few things to work on there. But those two definitely are the class of the AFC.
1: I, I want to stay there. I, I, w- I want to stay there with you because I feel like we're reaching the point with Patrick Mahomes where people are k- kind of underrating him a little bit. And they're only like limiting him to spectacular plays like he's a Harlem Globetrotter or something like that. Like, you know, in the NBA, we would have, there'd be a year where Carmelo Malone winning MVP or Chuck would, would sneak one in. But Mike was the baddest man. Are we reaching that point with Patrick Mahomes where we're trying to attribute his success to Tyree Hill or Andy Reid's and Eric Bieniemy system or Travis Kelsey, as opposed to saying this guy is really that guy and on, on maybe a different level than maybe anything we've ever seen?
4: There have been yes, you're right. There were people. I don't know who we is. Let's not say we because I never thought that you know he was just Tyree Hill. We didn't know what that offense was going to look like without Tyree Hill, but. This It it seems like Mahomes has come into this offseason. I mean, come into the season after the offseason of hearing all those questions swirl. And he's like, I'm going to show you guys. Like, it doesn't matter who I'm throwing to. I'm going to carry this team. You know, the great ones hear stuff. They internalize it and they use it as motivation. It looks like Patrick Mahomes um, in Jordan-esque fashion has found something to stoke himself and become even more. Um, dominant. Yes, we see the spectacular plays, but he does the simple, the basic makes the right decisions. And then because he does all that stuff, he's able to pull those bags of tricks out. And I yeah, I think that this is a statement season for him could wind up being an MVP uh, caliber season for him. And uh, we'll see how far the Chiefs can go.
0: And Mike, you know, as you said, Tyreek Hill is not there anymore. We see it, but Tyreek Hill is in Miami. And I think the last time we talked, you know, uh, I was a little skeptical of Mike McDaniel. So, so, okay, shame on me because they got off to a great start. However, Mike McDaniel off the field hasn't really handled himself in the right way. It seems like his personality, it's almost coming back to bite him because he's kind of quirky and he says things that most coaches don't say that plays well 95% of the time. Well, when Tua Vailoa gets a concussion and he comes out and says one well I'm glad it wasn't I'm glad it was just uh, you know essentially it wasn't the only thing we talked about is a concussion not mm. a good not a good comment Mike then secondly he says we feel great about everything that we did but it turns out the doctor who evaluated Vailoa was fired because he was not great about everything that he did so I'm wondering with Tyreek Hill's new team, not necessarily on the field—they got one loss, that's it—but all the things surrounding the Tua injury itself and all the things that led to the Tua injury. How do you think the Dolphins will handle this, and McDaniel specifically? How will how will he handle this going forward?
4: Yeah, there is a lot of pressure on him. Now we're seeing, okay, look, fantastic offensive mind. Um, great at, at drawing an x's and O's up maybe great at motivating as well but you see there's so much more to being a head coach uh, Mike McDaniel is learning and you know he's not used to standing up in front of asking answering these questions he talked to the media once a week um, last year when he was an offensive coordinator now he has a spotlight on him and yeah he said some things that um, make you raise an eyebrow also shows that okay as a head coach you need to be a little more plugged in to just listening oh hey he's back he's good to go all right and then put him out there, Um, I think that he was just taking doctor's words for it and wasn't asking any questions. Good. Get me my guy back out there. Let's roll. And now you see it's not just him because it was one of the the independent um, uh, medical uh, consultants that was fired. But the other guys, the two that were on the sideline with the Dolphins and the guy up in the booth, all of them signed off on him going back in there. So if you're Mike McDaniel, you're saying, okay, everybody's staying here, we good to go, but it, you, we now see everybody needs to slow down just a little bit and really look at this thing more carefully because they put themselves in a bad situation. I'm really curious to see what kind of performance we'll see out of the dolphins Two is not going to be out there, but we'll see how good Mike McDaniel does at scheming at leading under pressure because he's got a lot swirling around him. Like you said, off the field and as a head coach, you have to address all that stuff but you also have to have blinders on can this young man uh do it um, under pressure here and continue to keep his team on the hot street or is this going to derail them that's a big question
1: that's a great point and i'll tell you this and i was laughing i was chuckling to myself a second ago when you said he's a little different the man said he tries to shower once every four days that don't sound like no type of black man that I know. So when he said he was, <laughs> he identifies as human, I'm like, oh, you identify as a mammal, like one of those prehistoric type of dudes. I'm like, oh, okay, that's why. That's every why you're days, not claim, claiming on. your blackness, because you shower once come every on. four days. I don't know what type of black household you live in, and somebody told you to get your your ass in the shower. But <laughs> to the point of the concussions, how <laughs> so much of so much discussion Mike has been around player self-reporting, veterans looking out for the young guys, neurologists on the field, coaches. Do you see any way that this culture changes, not necessarily for 2 of the next time, but for the next time something like this happens especially in a position like quarterback because it, it's such a singular spot, you know. Uh, if it's a linebacker, uh, running back, I feel like it right. could be a little different. But if it's when it's a quarterback, yeah. there's so much more responsibility held there. Do you see any way that that changes? Where a quarterback will say, "Yeah, I just get my bell rung. Let me sit down," or a veteran linebacker comes and says, "Hey, I know you're not good. You need to sit down." Do you see that culture changing, or are people a little Pollyannish with that?
4: I think that how this plays out is going to go a long way to answering that question for us because on Sunday okay the first three weeks of the season two players a week league-wide were held out with concussions 13 on sunday in week four here were pulled out of games and held out and not allowed to return that's a huge spike you know, now the NFL and the NFL Players Association are saying, oh, we're not saying necessarily, um, you know, we'll have to see if that was a coincidence or not. But I think that teams all of a sudden were like, well, we better be more vigilant with this. And they are going to be intensifying protocol. But we will see when it is not just a, a linebacker or a cornerback or an offensive lineman, when it is a star quarterback, if they are going to say, hey, to be safe, It doesn't matter. We're going to pull you. I think that it is the NFL culture that's in such a bad spot. When you look at other teams, look, Hey, you cover the the NBA. If LeBron has got some back tightness or knee soreness, he's going to get some load management days. The Yankees aren't going to throw their ACE pitcher out there. If he's got elbow soreness, I know that there are fewer games in the NFL. And so the stakes are even higher, but teams have to look at head injuries as, Hey, we have to protect our long-term investment. And so, if it comes to December with the game on the line, the season on the line, or January when we're in the playoffs and you see a a top-talented player pulled out because he's got a little wobble and they want to be careful, then we'll know that the culture is changing. But until that happens, I'm not going to hold my breath.
0: All right. uh, First of all, Vinny, I can't believe, like, stop with that, man. (laughs) Like I I couldn't stop laughing for a while. I'm laughing during a very serious question. So I had to I had to look at something else just so I could just to change the message. To my I, yeah. I but, got you know, flashbacks of your grandma giving you a bath of like it, an inch of I water. That. That. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say that I, I, I'm going back to like childhood, and hey, you better get yeah. that was too quick. Get back in that <laughs> bathroom and get back in there. Did you shower? Did you take a bath? Get back in there, and then they take. They, They start giving you very specific directions about what you need to wash and what you smell Uh like and all (laughs) kinds of stuff. So anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, every four days. It's just not acceptable. So Mike before we let you go before we let you go. I heard uh, from very good authority that you're a music guy. You're a huge music guy. That's how it was described to me. So I have a I have a question for you and for Vinny and and, you know, it's the start of a conversation that will continue another time. I just wanted to get your general thoughts on it. I'm sure you were a Kanye West fan when he came out. Everybody college dropout late registration (laughs) heartbreak. Okay, there we go. Heartbreak and 808s, all that stuff. Dark Twisted fan. So many good classic albums. Can you listen to Kanye West still? Are you able to separate art from artists? Yes or no?
4: After 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 the 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 wardrobe the the fashion show. Okay, because I listened to my dark Twisted Fantasy every day for a year when that came on, you know, and I still was rocking to it this morning. It looped in when I was at the gym, a Kanye song, and I hit skip. I can't do it. Ooh, can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Won't do it. Can't do it. Will not. Won't do it. can not Do it.
0: (laughs) How about you? How about you, Vinny? Can you? The crazy thing is,
1: I think my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is one of the 10 greatest albums I've ever heard in my life, or at least in my contemporary life, like post-2000 thing, and Devil in a New Dress might be my all-time favorite, you know, Kanye, Rick Ross song. I don't know, man. Because it's like you want to love someone, like the more you know about someone, the less you want to know. You know, that that yeah. sort of thing. It, it's almost it's almost like, I, I made a decision maybe seven, eight years ago that I couldn't listen to R. Kelly anymore right? It was it was before the trial, before surviving R. Kelly, everything else. You could find a way to separate, and I made a decision about seven, eight years ago, and I haven't missed him, right? Only time you will hear R. Kelly is if he's, like, in a restaurant or something, and someone happens to ha- happens to play it. But with Kanye, or he was trending dangerously. At close. a wedding.
0: Line dancing, line like, dancing at every wedding,
1: right? We can find another like song to hustle, too. I'm cousin. from Detroit. We find the- Yeah, that's what it is. Was-
4: Kanye was like the crazy cousin. You're like, oh, well, it's okay. He's just our crazy cousin. But now, hey, he's got to get out. He ain't invited to the dinner.
1: I, I or listen, or, or I, the thing that I gets could... me, or the thing that gets me, Holly, is everybody making the excuses. Oh, his mom died. and You know, all oh, his, his mom died like 17 years ago. Like, you haven't addressed your mental health issues to so not be out here acting a damn fool, embarrassing yourself and throwing black people under the bus at the same time. If I need to tell Mike McDaniel to take a bath, I need Kyrie to get
0: lobotomy. I need <laughs> Kyrie. Yeah. I need, I need Kanye to the get a lobotomy.
1: That's All, yeah, all in the like, same of the vein same, right?
0: a, a Freudian slip, right? Freudian, all in the same vein. I can tell you this. I am able, I separate. I do, comp- I've done a wonderful job of compartmentalizing. So Kanye's music is over there. And Kanye, I make no excuses for him. I see him for what he is. He's over. He's right here because it's Kanye. The man is in real time. His music has already been made. He can't touch Mm -hmm. that. Well, he could theoretically, but okay. It's already there. It's his product. Why should we move away from something that's so enjoyable? As Vinny said, so great. And, And Vinny, I don't think it's a hyperbolic statement. You're right. It is one of the great albums of the 21st century. Why should I give that up? Because the artist who created it, is going through his own special something.
1: It's been, Jesus sucks. been going through it. We, I need to say important. that too.
4: Jesus no, sucks. go back. You no, know, if you go back and listen to it now, like how many years later, it's actually not as bad as what I thought. You know, it's actually pretty good. But Jesus, I, write, I sucks. had his skit this morning. It sucks. Jesus sucks. <laughs> I'm leaning
1: in to y'all try to convince yourselves that it wasn't as bad as it is. Two songs out of ten on that damn you know album. That I'll do do. Yes. Okay. Because
0: well, sucks. And this is what I can do, which neither of you will be able to do. I'm going to go back and listen to it and give a review after the fact. I'm going to check it out. But Mike Jones, you say it's not as bad, but you can't listen to it anymore. You've made the decision. No, I can't. You out the game. I can't do
4: it. Yeah, I'm done. I'm sorry. But I hope you can come back anymore. here, though, man. Great, to, Great to see you as usual, Mike Jones. Hey, thanks for having me, guys.
1: Good to see you. Appreciate you, you, Mike. You too, bro.
3: Dietz Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.
0: Jason Johnson, I couldn't wait just to get your take on this. I I wanted to start here for you, my brother. I know we talked about this. Now we have a trailer. Just... Just give me, give me your, are you looking forward to it? Are you nervous about it? Uh, are, are you worried about the artistic integrity? What's up?
2: I have thoughts. I have feelings. I have concerns. I know the plot. I know some people have uh, I've got some inside track of what's happening. So I'll say this overall, and I'm always going to add this until the day I see this movie and the day I leave the theater smiling. I still think they should have recast Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa. Just wanna put that out there. That being said, the trailer looks nice. It looks entertaining. It's apparently gonna be the longest MCU movie ever. They said it's like it's got a longer length than almost any other movie. The the, the special effects so far look significantly improved from the original Black Panther. I I love how they put Namor together. I love his, his, his throne room and everything else like that. So I am looking forward to this movie. I think I will be highly entertained. But I do think that not having a centralized hero in the film could have an effect on my enjoyment. We'll see. We will see because it ain't like I'm not gonna go. I just don't know that I'll be as excited having to watch a movie where we all know that Shuri's gonna end up being Black Panther anyway. That's just that's just my feeling so far. But the trailer looks the trailer looks hype. Just saying.
1: Is it unfair? because you know we've had different Bat- batmans right you know what i mean we- we've had different people play the character but i think yeah. that's slightly different when you're in a universe right when you're in you know because there's different iterations of the batman series it's, it's tim burton batman it's the christopher nolan batman it's this this last guy i can't think of his name because i didn't I, I haven't seen the movie yet but um who would you have this cast Robert Pattinson,
2: no, seriously. Robert Pattinson, was, yeah, was yeah, yeah. that was goth about- that we just saw earlier this year and an absolutely terrible movie where he solved no crimes whatsoever and had no chemistry, had greater chemistry than Alfred than he actually had with Catwoman. But don't get me started on the boring man, the goth man that we saw earlier this year, which was darker than an episode of Game of Thrones or House of Dragons, right? <laughs> just terrible, terrible overall <laughs> film. And it was super duper complicated. Not that we don't have that problem. But that being said, that being said,
0: so, uh, I will. want you to answer that who question. Who would you cast as T'Challa? Who's T'Challa?
2: Oh, uh Yaya uh Yaya Yaya Mateen, who plays um Black Manta and who was in uh Watchmen. I would I would I would cast him as T'Challa in a heartbeat. I, I like I like his structure. Physically, he can do it. He's got the look. I think he has a different perspective uh, that he can sort of bring to the acting. He's tall enough. I, I would have cast him. Or you go find an unknown and you do some sort of switch there. Um, but that's what I would have suggested. Now, what I also say though, and I've always said this, and I thought this was great. You know, your friend, colleague, uh, Jamel Hill did an interview uh, with uh, uh, with Mbaku uh, with Winston Duke, and he said, "Look, you know." we would have had problems with somebody else in that role, given how close we were to Chadwick Boseman. And I respect that. I actually think if anyone had a reason, the, the idea that the cast is like, we can't build that chemistry with somebody else, that is the only justifiable reason that I can actually think of. And that's the first time I've heard a cast member say something like that. So if from a production standpoint, if from a let's put this movie together standpoint, they're like, we can't replace this guy. It ain't going to feel right to the cast, not because of some high end corporate decision, not because of some overwrought sense of nobility or something else like that, but because they literally just didn't think it would work within the cast. That makes sense to me. I can disagree with it, but it actually makes sense to me. And I I thought that that was a substantive answer. But again, you know, there's billions of people in Hollywood who are super duper talented. I do think it was possible to do. Just saying.
0: I I want to uh, switch gears. Talk about what's possible and impossible. If you had told me uh, two or three years ago, that Herschel Walker was going to be in a uh, contested competitive Senate race with uh, the Reverend Raphael Warnock (laughs) and that and and that it was not going to be a blowout that Herschel wasn't (laughs) going to be blown out. I would say, okay, something's wrong here. What does it tell us? What's the lesson? What's the takeaway? The Herschel Walker, despite what he says, what he does, what he has accomplished, who he is—that he is. This is still that, <laughs> who, he that, that is? who he is. That this is still a race. Why is this still a competitive race, Doc Johnson?
2: Because white racism has metastasized into not just disliking black people, but wanting to shame and embarrass and rub black people's faces in white power. What do I mean by that since we're talking about an actual African-American candidate? There's no way in hell that Herschel Walker could have gotten a nomination in the Republican Party or the Democratic Party before Barack Obama got in office. Not a chance. It's not like his background is unknown. This is a black man who is non-eloquent, who is inexperienced, who has a history of beating and abusing white women in Georgia. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. We are still a country where large swaths of the population do not like interracial dating, get angry if they see black men and white women on TV, send nasty messages to professional athletes if they have non-black wives. And this man has a history of threatening and abusing white women. So how does he end up getting a nomination? Because the Republican Party is so angry about having had Barack Obama, that it's not just that they want to make sure that black people have no power. They want to show us how much they disdain us, which means let's find black people who are so repugnant, so offensive, so terrible, that we will suffer through how offensive they are if it shows you how much we hate you. That is literally the only reason you could end up with someone like Herschel Walker. He is not competent by any stretch of the imagination. And if you just wanted a rubber stamp, for mitch mcconnell there's half a dozen other conservative manga republicans that you could go for who don't say that the magic air from america ends up in china and who don't pay for abortions with a check you talk about i mean the, it, it's it's the wire Bruh, you taking notes on an mf and criminal conspiracy you're paying for an abortion with a check and a card what is your problem that's not even missing player 101 that's fool that has no future one-on-one that is what we have in herschel walker right now and when your own son who's been caping for you for months and months on end and also trolling everybody else and saying all sorts of anti-lgbt nonsense when your own son finally flips on you and says enough is enough and you have to respond and say i love my son like i seen from heathers i still love my gay son that i've been offensive to and i didn't care for right because that's essentially what he's doing I, I i find it i find it so offensive that a member of an anti lgbt anti-abortion, anti-Black party has taken advantage of so many other people to justify his campaign. And when it's finally blowing up at the end, it's not going to have that much of an impact on the vote, because he's still going to get 44% of the vote, because there's that many voters in Georgia who hate Black folks. Wow.
1: Damn. Because I was, <laughs> my my thing was going to be, it doesn't seem like he's going to win the race.
3: Right? It doesn't oh, seem like he's going to win
1: He's not, but the number but, will be closer than it sh- than than it should be, right? So my question is, what would he have to do for the Republican Party to disassociate themselves with from him? Nothing. What's the breaking point? What's the is there a absolutely breaking
2: point? nothing? There is nothing that he could do. First off, as a practical matter, if he were to actually drop out of the race right now, it, it's too late for them to actually replace him. But but what you guys got to understand is that the Republican Party. It is not a party anymore. I've been saying this ever since. I always talk about the fact that January 6th, I was on the air with Mike and Mike when January 6th happened. They are no longer a party. They're a dime storefront for a terrorist organization called MAGA. That's all this is at this particular point. They do not care about policy. They do not care about ideology. They simply want to maintain control and increase their level of power. So there's nothing Herschel Walker could do. Marshall Walker could be caught on camera, have a viral video on YouTube of him clubbing baby seals, drinking their blood, and spitting it out <laughs> on the ground, saying Donald Trump rules, and they wouldn't do anything. You could find a video of him physically abusing some of the women in the past, and him cheering about it. You could find him in the back, in the back window of an R. Kelly video. They would not abandon this man. If you can have a president of the United States And we're talking about a man with a history of violence here. We're not talking about allegations. We're not talking about speculation. He has a history of violence against women that has been reported, that has been detailed. But if you had a president of the United States who bragged about grabbing women in the crotch, And nobody cared, and evangelicals surrounded themselves around him. It's because you recognize that they're not worshiping policy. They're not worshiping conservatism. They're worshiping whiteness. And anybody who wants to get along with that game, just like Herschel Walker, he'll run straight through that line and cape for them, just like anybody else out
0: there. Wow. Wow. You know what? I want to say, I want to sign up for your class next semester, (laughs) spring of 23. I'm coming in, visiting students. At Morgan's. so come in.
2: Class is open. Class is open. Look, and I'm, I'm going to tell you guys this, and I want to make sure we get to this I knew we were going to talk about Pad Stafford at some point. I want to just add this. We're at an interesting <laughs> moment, not just in sports, right? Not just in sports, but in politics. We're in the last 30 days before important midterms are going to determine everything, and we're in the last most important period in the NFL season. It is week five, and we got 15 teams that are two and two.